Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. First, salvation is by grace alone and not by work. Secondly, salvation is received by faith alone. The basis of our salvation is grace. How is it received? By faith alone. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. There are some mysteries in the Christian faith, but the matter of our eternal salvation is exceedingly clear. Holy Scripture teaches that salvation is by grace alone through faith alone. Today on The Verdict, we're thinking of this fundamental and glorious truth as we continue our new study about the grace of God. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe to introduce today's lesson. The Apostle Paul writes, By grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. As we continue this new series on grace, this is essential to understand. Last time we thought of the example of Abraham, who clearly was justified by faith. His acceptance by God was not earned, but given because he had faith in God. He believed God declared that Abraham was accepted, not because he deserved it, but entirely by the grace of God, which Abraham received through faith. So we want to think today particularly on faith. I think you'll find this very helpful as we look once again at the subject of amazing grace. Romans 4 then, verse 1. Paul in Romans is giving an exposition of the gospel of the grace of God. And here he has a very powerful argument. He says, what then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but trusts him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Earn these majestic, wonderful, awesome words from the Word of God. Now, we want to see, first of all, as Paul is presenting here, salvation is by grace alone and not by works. Paul is saying you can't earn, you can't work for, you can't merit God's salvation. It is not a reward based on what we do. This grace, which is really amazing, is God's kindness, is God's love, is God's mercy to those like you and me who are totally undeserving of it. It's the very opposite of that popular God helps those who help themselves. You do your part, and God does his part. The gospel is no, you can do nothing. It's all of grace. It's by grace alone. If you could work your way into heaven, you wouldn't need grace. You wouldn't need a savior to come 
and die on the cross for your sins. But Paul is saying here that there is nothing good in us which deserves God's salvation. There is nothing that we can do to save ourselves. You can't buy salvation. You can't work for it. It is given freely by God's grace. God is never in debt to us. God is not obliged to us at all. Salvation is not by works. It's by grace alone. God's amazing grace to those who don't deserve it. Our works look to what we do. Amazing grace looks to what God in Christ has done for us. The price has been paid at the cross. What happens at our conversion? Our sins are all forgiven. You say, God just pretends they're not there. No. What happens to our sins in the wonderful plan of God's amazing grace? They are put on Christ who is our substitute. He dies for the sins of John Monroe. He doesn't ignore my sins, but they're born by Christ. And his righteousness, his purity, his holiness is now credited to me. All of our sin is laid on Christ. He who knew no sin is made sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He receives our sins, we receive forgiveness. And it's all free, undeserved, unmerited, amazing grace. For by grace are you saved, through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of your own doing, not of works, so that no one, no one may boast. Now that's the first thing we want to see, and you'll be relieved to hear I have only two points. First, salvation is by grace alone and not by works. Secondly, salvation is received by faith alone. You say, well, that's wonderful that Christ did all of this, but how does that come to me? After all, he died 2,000 years ago. The basis of our salvation is grace. How is it received? By faith alone. We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone. It is received by those who trust in Jesus Christ. Now, when I speak to people about faith and belief, I have learned that many, many people are very, very confused as to what it means to have faith, what it means to believe in Jesus Christ. People say to me, John, I, I, I wish I had your faith. I wish I, I wish I could believe. Let me say some things about the nature of true saving faith. True saving faith never looks to itself. It is always on the object of faith. Do any of you recognize this bridge there? Any of you recognize that? It's Grandfather Mountain here in North Carolina. Now supposing, supposing that that bridge was about to fall. I could be very sincere in my belief that I would be safe crossing that bridge to get to the other side. I could have the best of intentions to cross over that bridge, but if that bridge is defective, all of my sincerity, all of my good intentions are absolutely meaningless if that bridge is unsafe and all my belief 
wouldn't stop me plunging to my death. Isn't that right? You see, what is important is not the amount of my faith. It's not my good intentions to cross that bridge. What is important is the structural integrity of the bridge, isn't it? That's the point. You see, misguided sincerity is absolutely useless if it leads you into danger. We live in a day where people say, well, we're people of faith. We hear this all the time. Oh, I have faith. I have spirituality. The question I ask is, faith in what? Faith in whom? I don't doubt your sincerity. I don't doubt your good intentions. I don't doubt the fact that you want to go to heaven when you die. All of that is a given. My question is, what is the object or who is the object of your faith? True saving faith in the Bible always focuses on the object of faith. Your faith doesn't save you. It is Christ and Christ alone who saves you. You receive salvation. You receive God's grace through faith. Not through faith in faith, but through faith in Christ alone. You see, God in His grace has provided a guaranteed salvation, a salvation which will never ever let us down. The only way to cross that bridge between a holy God that we thought of last week, a holy God and sinful people. There is a bridge, the cross of Christ, and Christ will never ever let you down. He will never ever fail if your trust and your faith is in Christ and Christ alone. That's why Martin Luther said at the time of the Reformation, the gospel lies entirely outside of yourself. The New Age spirituality tells you you've got the answer within, to look deep within, that you've got the answers within. No, all you've got within is your own sin. Salvation doesn't come from within us. It comes, Luther was right, entirely outside of us. True saving faith looks away from ourselves and it looks to Christ, to our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Of course we're weak. My faith, let me tell you, is sometimes very, very weak. But it's a small, stumbling, wavering faith in a great Savior who will never, ever fail me and who has promised that if I come to Him and if you come to Him, He will never, ever cast you out. Faith, then, is the instrument through which we're saved. It's the instrument, the channel, the means of salvation. And the means of your salvation is not your baptism. People say, well, we begin the Christian life, we begin our process of justification when we get baptized as a child. Absolutely not. The means of salvation is not your baptism. It's not the sacraments. It's not joining the church. It's not your obedience to the Ten Commandments. These are not the means of salvation. No, it is faith in Christ and Christ alone. Faith is the empty outstretched hand which receives the marvelous, infinite, indescribable grace of God. Grace gives, faith receives. We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, because of Christ alone. Now let me very quickly 
help you further to understand this concept of saving faith, because there's great confusion, I think. There are three components of genuine saving faith. Not all so-called faith is genuine faith. There is a spurious faith. There is a false faith. There is a so-called faith which doesn't save. There is a faith which says, oh, I believe, but it's absolutely worthless. It's useless. James tells us in his epistles, it's a dead faith. And James reminds us there that the demons themselves believe, but they're obviously not saved. No, true saving faith has three dimensions. Knowledge, conviction, and trust. Here is the first one, knowledge. You say, what do you mean? There has to be content. There has to be understanding. This faith through which we receive God's grace and salvation doesn't occur in a vacuum. It's not blind faith. It's not irrational faith. No, you need to know. You need to understand the facts of the gospel. That's why we take time from this pulpit with our children, uh, with teens in the adult life groups, in our Bible studies, to deal with the facts of the gospel. The gospel is not just to have a kind of emotional experience. No, there are facts to be understood. Paul tells us that when he describes the gospel, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That's a fact. He was buried. That's a fact. And on the third day, he rose from the dead. That is fact. Christianity is a historical faith. It's based on facts, facts that we need to understand that Jesus Christ was not just a guru, was not just a religious leader, was not just a prophet. He was the son of God. This idea that it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere is terribly, terribly false. Of course you have to be sincere, but sincerity by itself is not enough. It's not faith in faith. It's not faith in my free will. It's faith in Christ. See, this faith is never vague. It's not general. It's specific and concrete. It is faith in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there are certain facts that you have to understand about yourself, that you're a sinner. Certain facts you have to understand about Jesus Christ. Knowledge. But secondly, there is assent. Oh, you see, knowledge by itself. Knowledge is important, but it's not sufficient. You don't receive God's grace because I give you the doctrinal statement of church and say, you, do you believe that? And you say, oh, I believe that. Uh, where do I sign up? That's fine. Is that what I need to do? No. Knowledge is important. But now there has to be assent. You say, what do you mean? You have to agree personally that what you understand intellectually is in fact true of you. It's one thing to say that everyone has sinned. It's another thing to say, I, John Monroe, I'm a terrible sinner. It's one thing to say that God loves the whole world. It's another thing to experience the truth that he loves me and gave himself for me. And that the only one who can save me is Jesus Christ. This is personal conviction. This does affect the emotion. I'm a, I'm a sinner. I'm, without Christ, I'm eternally lost. This is now a movement from the head to the heart. There is a scent. Ah, but there's more. You can have an emotional experience. And there's nothing wrong with having an emotional experience. But you can cry and have an emotional experience and still not be saved by the grace of God. There must third is trust the element of trust. Trust in Jesus Christ. Remember, faith looks to the object. 
It's not faith in faith. It's not faith in the church, not faith in your baptism, but faith in Christ alone. In fact, the New Testament writers, as they emphasize this, they coin a phrase by saying, often it is faith into Jesus Christ. Do you get that? Think how personal that is. Faith into Jesus Christ. They're referring to a living, dynamic relationship and commitment to Christ. True faith reaches out and rests upon the object of faith. It is totally relying on someone to do what you couldn't possibly do on your own. It is believing the promises of God. I have understanding. I agree with this. I assent to this. Ah, but now with trust, it involves my will. I take that step of faith. And so you say, what does it mean to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and I'll be saved? You know what it means. I know what that means. I go to my physician thinking I'm in great shape and uh, she tells me after examination, running some tests, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, John, you've got, you got an illness. In fact, it's a serious illness and unless left untreated, it's going to be terminal. I don't want to hear that. That's bad news. And she says, do you understand? And I say, yes, doctor, I, I understand. I'm a bit shocked, but I understand. This is purely hypothetical, by the way, relax. So then she says to me, but John, I've got good news. There is a drug, hasn't been long out, but this drug has 100% success. And I can guarantee if you take that drug, you're gonna be cured. I say, that's wonderful, doctor. Sign me up. She writes a prescription. She gives it to me. She's given me knowledge. I have agreed with her diagnosis. I have agreed with her that the only hope of being cured from this disease is through this drug which she has given to me. Does that help me? <laughs> Partially. What do I have to do? You know what you have to do. You have to believe your doctor. You have to rely on her advice. And you have to take what the Bible calls obedience of faith. I have to actually take that drug. I have to believe in my doctor. I have to rely on her advice. And when I take that, I have truly believed in her. Before then, it may be purely intellectual. It may be just emotional. Oh, I'm very ill and I'm traumatized by that. Or I may say it's wonderful that there is this drug, but I have to take that drug and then I have believed. That's it. Faith reaches out and trusts in the person of Jesus Christ. The whole person, the intellect, the emotion and will are all involved, as it were, in embracing Christ. And as I do that, as I come to Christ, I find that before I ever came to him, he's coming to me. And a miracle takes place. My sins are forgiven. And I'm transformed by the amazing grace of God. God's way of salvation is through faith alone, because of Christ alone. And you may be here today and you believe facts about Christ, but you've never placed your personal faith in Christ. You may believe with your head, but you've never believed with your heart. You may come to church, but have never come to Christ. You may profess salvation, but have never possessed salvation. You may believe that, but have never believed in. You may have a religion of Christ, but never have a personal relationship with Christ this morning, will you not now trust Christ? The New Testament gives us a beautiful illustration of this, of a woman who had an illness for 12 years. 
incurable, spent all of her money on doctors and just became worse and worse. And then she heard about Jesus Christ that he could cure her. And one day in the midst of the crowd, this dear woman exercised faith in Christ. She came in the middle of the crowd, didn't see anything, but stretched out her hand and touched the fringe of his garment. And immediately she was healed. She didn't make a deal with Jesus. She didn't say she was going to do anything. She was not healed by some great resolution. She was healed by Christ. And her faith brought her into contact with the only one who could heal her. This is salvation God's way. Do you believe that Jesus Christ can save you? Do you believe that he died on the cross for your sins as we begin this series on grace? I want you to be under no illusions today. Will you stretch out your hand and touch Christ? Perhaps you're hesitating to come to Christ because you think you've messed up so badly and you've got to clean up your life. No, let me remind you that God's grace is life transforming. He will clean you up. You don't get yourself well before you go to your physician. You go to your physician because you are sick. And Christ welcomes the sick and the brokenhearted and the bruised and the depressed. Welcomes you and he welcomes me. Will you come? He will cleanse you. He will transform you. I invite you to come. Come and stand here and say, I want to receive Christ as my Savior. There are some of you who have received Christ and you never publicly confessed Him. Here is an opportunity for you among your community of believers, your brothers and sisters who love you and care for you and would love to pray for you to come. There are some here this morning and yes, you are saved by God's grace, but your heart is very cold. And God's grace, which should motivate you to serve Him and to love Him, sin has come, and you need to receive His forgiveness. You need to rededicate your life to Christ and understand that this grace not only saves your soul, but it transforms your life. Why are you living a second-rate, mediocre, compromised Christian life? Will you come? You say, how do I come? Come just as you are without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bids me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. You're listening to The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and a lesson titled, Grace Alone Through Faith Alone. To revisit any of these daily messages, just go online to theverdict.org. Today, we're continuing a new lesson all about the grace of God and what it really means to be saved by our Lord Jesus Christ. To help you go deeper into these important subjects of eternity and salvation, and to find these answers in the Word of God, we want to send you a special booklet by John entitled, Eternal Security, Finding Certainty in a Chaotic World. This booklet is completely free by mail or download. Just visit our website at theverdict.org. Right now, in places all over the world, people are desperate to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And here at The Verdict, we're committed to sharing the truth of God's Word every day, not just in your local community, but to listeners all around the world. You might not be able to travel to remote places, but you can be a part of this gospel work by supporting our ministry with a gift of any amount. Your donation is especially important right now as we prepare for another year of ministry. Just click on the Donate tab on our homepage or give us a call at 833 
1-800-242-2231. And if it's easier, send a check in the mail by writing to The Verdict, Care of Calvary Church, 5801 Pineville Matthews Road, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? In the Holy Scripture, belief always points to the object of our faith, the reason for our faith. True faith, saving faith, has as its object our Lord Jesus Christ. He has provided through His death, His burial, and His resurrection, salvation for those who believe in Him. So again, I ask you, have you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ? Not just intellectually saying Jesus lived, but trusting in Him, receiving Him as your Savior and Lord. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.